Changing things, around, yeah, changing things around just a little bit today and, of course, uh, this week. Join us on Facebook Live now if you have a minute or two because a day early we say hi to our mate Steve Vines. And first of all, Steve, I'm very sorry I had some gremlins before the news, but at least we get to talk a little bit. Yeah, you, you, you've got to get RTHK onto electricity. It's going to work. Oh, please. Gas is perfect. <laughs> Steve, uh, we've got to talk about COVID. Uh, everything's just uh, gone spare again, hasn't it? Yes, so we've got fourth wave and fourth, uh, how can I put this? Fourth government inconsistency bungling. I mean, the whole point about dealing with a national crisis, particularly a health epidemic, epidemic, is that the people have to have trust in the government. They have to understand that, that when advice is given, by people who are in charge of the government. Mm. It isn't tainted by political considerations or anything other than, strictly speaking, health considerations. So here we are again in the fourth wave. And um, although people are shouting and screaming, and I, I, I mean no disrespect to people who have the coronavirus, the situation here is still way, way less threatening than in most jurisdictions around the world. But we've got all these panicky measures coming back in again. And you know, it still is the case. The reason why Hong Kong has minimal infections compared with other places is because of the self-discipline and good sense of Hong Kong. It's nothing to do with the government. Mm. I mean, this is the government that decided that the virus was a great opportunity to um, weaponize it for political purposes. It used it as an excuse to ban all demonstrations, to postpone the elections. And now you've got this this bonkers thing where you're yet again imposing completely unintelligible restrictions on social gatherings. So you can go to a beauty parlour or a massage parlour where there is direct contact with the staff, bodily contact with the staff, but you can't go to a swimming pool. How many infections have been contracted in swimming pools? Oh, that's right, none. You can't go, I don't know where we are with beaches. Remember, beaches were closed down again. Beaches, there's no evidence at all that there was a spread of the infection in beaches. In fact, generally speaking, the outdoors is the safest place to be, but not if you're a bureaucrat. We're back with this bonkers system of punishing people who go to bars. I mean, these latest restrictions, closing down all the bars, two people to a table, closing everything down at 10 o'clock because it's a well-known scientific fact that the virus waits until 10 o'clock before spreading. A tried and tested path this year, that stuff. So it strikes me that's the first thing that would be done, rightly or wrongly. Well, it's a tried and untested path. I think that's the... the, I'd put it on its head. I mean, the fact is, there is no evidence whatsoever that these restrictions before have been effective. Mm. We see that there's been these outbreaks... In, in the dance hall cluster. I'm going to love that for many years. Um, well, and we see that there are um, transmissions taking place in restaurants. Well, of course there's transmissions taking place in restaurants. Hong Kong is a society where the majority of people eat out. It, it's, it's not like other places where people mainly eat in their homes. Eating out in, in Hong Kong is a very, very common occurrence. Mm. So, you know, there's all of this. Then you've got... I mean, as if all of this wasn't enough. You've got a new dobbing-in hotline. This comes hot on the heels. For boat parties, right? 
Say again? Isn't it for boat parties, this one? Not just parties, but people... No, 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 on the contrary. This is dobbing in for anybody. Oh, okay. I mean, this comes, comes hot on the heels of the national security law. Um, I saw my neighbour say something disrespectful about Xi Jinping hotline. Mm. Um, you know, people are wondering, what sort of state are we in? You've got the threatened imposition of new QR codes for everybody. There's more talk of um, another round of um, compulsory testing. Remember, if, if you fail the first time, the best thing to do is to do exactly the same thing again. Don't listen to Mr. Einstein. What does he know about anything? And um, people are worried about this. People are worried what use is going to be made of their data. Is that a paranoid fear? I really don't think so. It's funny, isn't I mean, it? It's the boy who cried wolf time, isn't it? I want to say hello to Pat very well, quickly. Wolf, and remember, we're living in the People's Republic of China, where the use of personal data by the government is highly valued and is used for purposes other than those stated. The people yeah. worry about this. They do indeed. Steve, everybody's fascinated by these so-called dance halls. A couple of comments here on our Facebook Live thing. I mean, this is, is this yeah. the 1930s or the 50s? Before these few weeks, we hadn't really heard about this. So Pat says, and dance halls still open? Dance halls. And Tommy, good morning. He says, what do you reckon about them closing down just about everything except these dance clubs that seem to have a lot to do with the current surge? Some fat cat friends off the Sino, uh, he says, asked her to see if they can stay open. But this is a thing. These establishments... This is news to a lot of people. This gets to the heart of the inconsistency of these regulations. As I say, you do not evoke trust. You do not evoke confidence by having, by having restrictions which don't make any sense. Mm. Now, I mean, you know, I'm sure the Sino um, knows people who goes to these dance halls. Uh, ladies of her age tend to populate these places. And if she has any friends... Had you heard about them okay, before? I don't know that. Had you heard about them before? This, you probably had, hadn't you? I had, actually, yes. Uh, um, I, I mean, <laughs> what, what's always amused me about them is all, all the euphemisms which are attached to the hosts who, who, who are, um, who are um, how can I say? Who okay, are we get it. We get it. <laughs> and, and, and partners in, the, in these dancers. I mean, you know, it's the world's oldest profession. I'm not knocking it. Um, it's never been eradicated. It's existed since time immemorial. But, you know, we, we've got a bit of a problem on at the moment. Yeah. I, I was just going to add, yeah. on top of all this, the hospital authority thinks this is a perfect time to go after members of their staff who took part in demonstrations a few months back, calling for exactly, exactly the restrictions which were later imposed by the government. Mm -hmm. So that the hospital authority, in the middle of all this, they say, look, your workload is piling up. You're, you're, you're working longer hours, you're, you're in more dangerous circumstances, and I'll tell you what, we're going after you. We're going to make sure your pay is docked for the periods in which you were striking for closing the border, for bringing in more protective um, gear, etc., etc. I mean, really? This absolutely obsessive desire of the Lamb administration to go after all forms of protests in the middle of a virus, targeting health workers. I'm just going to say that again in case anybody's missed the plot on this. At this particular moment, is targeting health workers the most sensible option available to the administration? I would argue it isn't, but mm -hmm. hey, fortunately I'm not a member of that. 
Steve, what's your feeling about the um, the measures, if you like, that are happening this time? People said a lot of it doesn't make sense, less than it did last time. Well, I don't know about less. I mean, I think it's as bonkers as before. I mean, the, what, what, what my problem is, is that, that they're using methods that have been tried and untested, untested mm. in the sense that they haven't been proven to produce results. You know, if you're emphasis is is in lashing out i mean they seem to be obsessed by this question of bars i i i I don't quite know what that obsession is about it is true there was at one time a cluster in some bars that's true indeed and that was dealt with yeah but you know the war on the the war on the um catering and um drink industry in hong kong is really most extraordinary oh and by the way in case you thought that all of this was Bonkers enough. There's another aspect. Mm-hmm. While all of this is going on, what is the government focusing on? Well, that's right, opening the border with the mainland, making sure that there's a bigger flow of people between the mainland and Hong Kong. Some may say that isn't the priority at a time of a fourth wave, but not from not from Tamar, where you know there is a political mission to do with integration and GBA, which is Greater Bay Area, in case mm-hmm. you missed that fabulous phrase, because they're obsessed with that, all of this takes precedent over the urgent, vital task of keeping people well. Go figure. Absolutely. All right, then, if you want to get in touch, we're on Facebook Live, pop in a comment there, see what you think about stuff. But again, this, these, these dance halls, they're coming back and back and back. What else you got? Well, I mean, this is just tangential. That's a lot of syllables in one <laughs> word. I hope I got them all out right. To, to, to the other subject is the business that's been going on at iCable <laughs> with the firing yesterday. of all the yeah. staff. Yesterday, indeed. Uh, all, all the staff involved in their investigative unit. I mean, what's been happening with this um, virus? And it is, you know, I'm not making light. This is a big, big problem. But what's been happening is it's being used as a convenient excuse to pursue other objectives. Now, at iCable, which is under new management, brought in a new management team which don't seem to be very sympathetic to the interests of of investigative journalism. Mm. They use the excuse of the virus to selectively sack all the members of their investigative unit, which has been controversial, which has done some great work, incidentally. And, you know, I'm hardly surprised that other members of the journalistic staff of, of cable television have protested and walked out. So, you know, again, we have an instance of there's a real genuine crisis on the one hand and on the other, people with other motives for using the crisis to do what they want to do. In this case, to suppress a vital bit of news gathering in Hong Kong. It's all of a piece. Mm. We do see it in other places. It's, it, it, it's a bit depressing, I have to say. So what's next? I mean, you don't have a crystal ball, but what... Give me some imagination here. Well, I think what's next is, and then we come to another problem. What's next is, hopefully, because there's so much information and news about this, is the development of a vaccine, which is obviously a fantastic thing Mm. and will ultimately put the cap on this. But what does that mean for Hong Kong? If Hong Kong and the Hong Kong administration are bent on political motives for what they do, it means that Hong Kong will be supplied with the virus made on the mainland. Then you have to ask yourself, 
Will people have confidence in that virus? Would they prefer to have that virus or a virus manufactured in the UK vaccine. or the United States <laughs> or Germany? Vaccine. So you have to ask yourself, if this is the only virus that's going to be available in Hong Kong to the great unwashed, remember, people with money will have access to American vaccines, German vaccines, yeah. British vaccines. But the great unwashed, the people who always come not second but third in line in Hong Kong, they're going to be told you can have the China vaccine or nothing. A lot of them will decide to have nothing, which is a terrible thing because vaccination is the way to put a cap on this epidemic. Mm. But again, politics is to the fore. Medicine is somewhere in the back corridor, not necessarily being allowed to come into the room. Not good. Mm. Not good. Any thoughts on the testing situation? Because I think that's going to get ramped one way and another. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? You remember the great, great success, hollow laughter from offshore, uh, of the universal testing scheme, which I think universally managed to test about 20% of the people in Hong Kong. Mm. Because, again, there were fears of what was going to be used with the DNA data that was collected as a result of these tests. So now they're saying, oh, that was a complete failure. I think we might try doing that again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go, go figure. Well, it's nine minutes too, Steve, so I think, I, think, I think two more and crammed in nice and tight. All right, let's cram in a couple of quickies. Yeah. Um, did you see, did you see, uh, and I don't, I'm not a big reader of that paper, but did you see in the South China Morning Post the interview with Carrie Lam, in which the CNO says, executive in name only, says she has no hobbies, she has no interests, she only works. Do you know, people like that worry me. It's not that... I think that people have to have other interests, but I do actually think people have to have other interests. Sorry, I'm contradicting myself. <laughs> but a one-dimensional person who actually goes to the public and says, I'm so obsessed with what I do. I'm so caught up in that that I have no time for anything else. These are dangerous people. Mono-obsessive manipulators, you know, sort of, um, when I say manipulators, that's probably the wrong word. M micro controllers of everything are the most dangerous people in any organization. All of the successful leaders throughout history, without exception, I'll just say that again, without exception, have a deep inner life. They're interested in the arts. They're interested in maybe sport. Who knows? I mean, even Donald Trump is interested in golf. <laughs> Don't we know it? Other things. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm just saying, you know, to actually boast about the fact that you have no dimension to your life is a worrying thing. It tells you a lot about um, the, the, the woman who is chief executive in name only. Um, I, I, I worry for her, but of course, I really worry for Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. To be led by someone who, who has that perspective on life is, is not a great thing. Well, it takes all sorts, Steve. I'm glad you mentioned Trump. Any thoughts about Joe Biden? in this well, regard? I, I, I mean, I think um, what's interesting is, and um, there's lots of interesting things, but the thing which I take away as someone who is not an American living in America, is all this wild talk about the fact that the uh, election would prove to be that the death knell of America's democratic process has proved not to be correct. Mm. The idea that because you have uh, an extraordinary person currently um, occupying the White House who, who simply is incapable of admitting defeat 
is actually being taken care of by the system, not by him. I mean, he can rant and rage on Twitter. He can denounce people, etc., etc. The fact of the matter is that the system is exerting itself and saying that after an election, the results will determine who runs the government. I mean, I know that sounds rather obvious, and it has been obvious in all previous elections. It's been put into question by this one. But the dire consequences that everybody's been threatening simply have not materialised. What may materialise, and this is, of course, Murray, is that if the continuing campaign by Trump and the diminishing crowd of people around him makes inroads into American thinking, it will diminish the stature of government Mm. when people decide that if you lose an election, it's no longer a justifiable election. That's a worrying thought. But this is something which exists in people's minds. We're not clear at this stage what the outcome of that will be. But, I mean, there's a warning flag fluttering out there. It's um, it's a great little statement here from Horatio on our Morning Brew page. I don't know, it's like like one of those sort of um, history boys statement uh, discuss or something like that. It says, every interview is part of the greater propaganda machine, as we all know. So nothing wasted, maybe. Every interview. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, good point, Horatio. <laughs> Shall I just stick one other thing in before we we we, we go to the great um, radio wave in the sky? Yep, go on. I do like the idea that um, that the transport department, as part of its um, <laughs> cracks in the pavement, Steve. That's what we need. <laughs> yeah, I know. Its onerous responsibilities in deciding what number plates people can put on their cars. Oh yes, have decided. Um, that the a number plate saying "Be Water" would cause a hazard to other road users. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know where to start with that. Yeah, absolutely. I know I mean, why they've done it, but you know, it will cause the hazard to other road users on a Tuesday. <laughs> Take care, Steve. <laughs> we'll, do, as well. we'll do it again next week at the real time. Steve Vines, right here on the Morning Brew.